must be born again. And when you're born again, you can't just keep on living the way you were living and being okay. Bless you. Amen. Y'all lifted him up today. And he has settled in the room. Jesus, I know your name. And you're awesome. Amen. We're going to Psalm 139, 23 and 24. And then we're going to go to Romans chapter 7. Verse 18, God bless you to all of you that are here. Thank God for our visitors this morning. Amen. If you're visiting for the first time, just wave at me. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Welcome to New Antioch. And amen. If you have not gotten a visitor's packet, uh, someone will get one for you uh, to make sure that uh, we can um, love on you a little bit. And come back. We declare that just because you set foot in New Antioch, you shall be blessed. So when that blessing comes on you, that's because I was over at that New Antioch place. That's where this blessing came from. Amen. There's a card in there if you would love for you to fill it out in its entirety and uh, give it back to the sanctuary attendants. And we just want to love you. And the rest of the packet is for you. Psalm 139. 23, and I'm just going to read them back to back so we can put them in one, one thought in our mind. And it reads, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. For I know that good in itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Search me, test me. See if there's an offensive way in me, lead me, and good don't dwell in me. Our topic this morning is empty me. Empty me. You may have your seat. Now I'm going to say something. I want you to think about me and think about yourself. This comes from James. This was a rap I did back in the day. Um, but I tweaked it. I tweaked it for us. So I want you to think about it and reflect on yourself. You ready? If every church member was just like me. What kind of a church 
would this church be? Would we stand together? Would we stumble and fall? Or would the Lord God get any glory at all? If every church member prayed like me, what kind of a church would this church be? Would we see any miracles or have great altar calls? Would anybody ever get healed or saved at all? If every church member gave like me, what kind of a church would this church be? Would we be able to buy or expand in the fall or would we be able to pay even the power bill at all? If every church member loved like me, what kind of a church would this church be? Would we enjoy each other like we're having a ball or would anybody feel like they mattered at all? If every church member led like me, what kind of church would this church be? Would we just get it done and not wait for a call? Or would we get anything accomplished at all? If every church member behaved like me, what kind of church would this church be? Would the world be encouraged or would they be appalled? And would anybody want to be a Christian at all? If every church member evangelized like me, what kind of church would this church be? Would anyone meet Jesus? Or in hell would they fall? Or would there ever be any new converts at all? If every church member was just like me, what kind of a church would this church be? Would we stand together? Would we stumble and fall? And would the Lord God get any glory at all? And just to put a plug in for community group, we are going to be studying I am a church member. And if, if, if the answer to those questions were a little shaky, if they gave like, if everybody was giving like me, if everybody was loving like me, if everybody was praying like me, and I don't know what kind of church, if it was a little shaky, come on, get in your community group and study what it means to be a church member. Just wanted to put that plug in right there. Get the book, I Am a Church Member. Well, we're in the first month of our Level Up 2.3, and uh, those of you that have been hanging with us, you know we have leveled up in many areas on last year. So we're declaring now that we're doing more than leveling up. We are up. We are up. We are up. Now we're going up higher, but we are up. So let me see where the, where the temperature is in the room. New A? Yeah. New A? Yeah. When? Now. Yeah. So on first Sunday, we decided, uh, we, we, we found out first Sunday that if you're going to go up, then you will have to wake up. And after you wake up, you need to get up. But in order to get up, you need to straighten up. And for some of us to straighten up, we're going to have to pray up. 
Because that's the only way that you're going to be able to power up. But in order to stay up, you're going to have to grow up. And so we're going to start off this year with our next level up. And that's going from being spiritually weak, spiritually average, spiritually eh, spiritually mediocre, to being spiritually excellent. Spiritually excellent. Let's review a little bit. I'm going to teach a little bit this morning, this afternoon. So remember that we are spirits. We have souls and we live in a body. Our spirit is supposed to be the king. Our soul is supposed to be the servant that does what the king wants done. And your body is supposed to be a slave that just does what is told. A lot of us have that reverse, that the body is the king and the soul is busy trying to figure out how to satisfy the body. And the spirit is like, I thought we were saved. Uh, we can, but, but our spirit is supposed to be the king. And so it's important to make sure your spirit man is operating in excellence. You've got to get right on the inside. The essence of you needs to be striving and growing toward excellence. We're not trying to get to perfection. That's in Jesus Christ. But we are striving for excellence. We are called to be the disciples of Jesus Christ, meaning we become more and more like him as we grow as Christians. The problem is Romans, Romans 7 gave us the issue he said but I know that it, that good doesn't dwell in me that is in my sinful nature so Paul says that there's nothing good in me in my sinful state I know some of y'all thought you was all that in your sinful state but the Bible says uh, you wasn't none of that you wasn't even that much of that in your sinful state. He said, there is nothing good in me in my sinful state. I was born in sin. David said it like this. Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. I didn't have to be taught to do wrong. Because do wrong just came natural to me. Like you don't have to teach a child how, how to steal from the cookie jar. And then lie when you got the crumbs on your lips. And say, you what? And you don't have to teach a child to do that. Even is just in them. But when I received Jesus into my heart, meaning I received Jesus into my spirit, the Holy Spirit came into my human spirit and regenerated it. It regened it. It made it brand new. So I am a new creation in Christ in my spirit me. Everybody say spirit me. Now I live by my reborn spirit, which pushes me to be like Christ in my character, in my behavior, in my purpose, in my aim. So in order to be spiritually excellent, then you must be born again. You must be born again. Let me say it again. You must be born again. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 3. Very truly I tell you no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. You are not going to heaven unless you're born again. All dogs don't go to heaven. The only folk that go to heaven are people that have been born again. And Nicodemus say how can I be born again when I'm old I can't enter 
a second time into my mother's womb. So Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water, baptism and cleansing, and the spirit. Because he said, flesh give birth to flesh. But it's the spirit that gives birth to spirit. He said, you must be born again. Okay. And then John says later on in 1 John 3, he said, and no one who is born of God will continue in sin. Why? Because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they've been born of God. Born of God. You must be born again. And when you're born again, you can't just keep on living the way you were living and being okay. I know some people don't tell you the truth, but I got to tell you what the word of God says. If you can do what you used to do and go where you used to go and play what you used to play and mess around what you used to mess around with and say all the ruggedy, ruggedy stuff that you used to say and feel okay about it and you ain't got no issue with it, you have not been born again. Because if you were born again, it's not that you don't know how to do it. It's not that you're not going to want to do it. You just can't sit in it anymore. It just don't feel the same. It just don't taste the same. It just, I can't enjoy it the same. Why? Because I've been born again. You can say the sinner's prayer all day long. You can say the salvation prayer because you believe it in your head. I believe in Jesus. But when you truly believe in Jesus, not just believe he existed. Or even that he exists. But you actually put your faith and your trust in him from your heart. Then when that happens, you will be changed on the inside. You'll be new on the inside. You come alive to a spiritual desire from the inside. And that experience that you have where you've been changed on the inside, the experience becomes a lifestyle. You thirst for God more. You want to live right. You want to please him. You want to learn of him because you have been born again. So I'm going to give you a definition then of spiritual excellence. I don't know if I've done that this month. Spiritual excellence is the process of becoming more like your reborn spirit and less like your firstborn self. Spiritual excellence. It's a process. It's a process. It's an ongoing process of becoming more like your reborn spirit and less like your firstborn self. That firstborn self was born in sin. That newborn spirit was born of the Holy Spirit. So to get to spiritual excellence, what we're trying to do is to be more like our reborn spirit and less like our firstborn self. That send me, everybody say send me. Send me doesn't ever want to do right. But now you've been born again and spirit me. Everybody say spirit me. Because we want to keep me straight, all right? Spirit me always wants to do right. That's why Paul said, for I know that good in itself does not dwell in me. That's in my sinful nature. There's no good in send me. For I have a desire to do what's good, that's spirit me. But I cannot carry out the good 
because of sin me. For uh, then, then John said, but you can't just go on sinning because you've been born again. I, I could just go on stay in sin, but I can't because of spirit me. So spirit me want to do right, but have a hard time doing right because of sin me. Sin me want to do wrong, but it can't just rest in doing wrong because of spirit me. I have a dilemma here. So I have an old sin me that wants to stay sinful and a new spirit me that wants to be righteous. So what's the solution? How do I go about getting to spiritual excellence? And then when I get there, how do I maintain it? Well, the last time we talked about two weeks ago, I talked to you about perfecting holiness by cleansing yourself. From all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. That was your part. Did you remember I talked about having a new heart? Somebody gave you a new heart. The least you could do is take care of the new heart and not treat it like you did the old heart. Well, well, so, so you do some stuff yourself. You change some stuff yourself. You clean up some stuff yourself. But today, we're going to look at God's part. So God's part is found in Psalm 139. David said, search me. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. And see if there's any offensive way in me. And then lead me in the way everlasting. So two weeks ago, we talked about cleansing ourselves. But how many of y'all know, especially where my, my old girl's at? Everybody don't clean the same. We talked about, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about cleansing ourselves. But David had sense enough to know everybody don't clean the same. We don't clean like God can clean. We don't clean the same. Some of y'all, when you clean, clean to you is it, straightened vacuum and dust. Some folks just straighten vacuum and dust. You ask the kids, did you clean your room? Yes, I cleaned my room. They may have dusted. They may have vacuumed. They straightened out some stuff, but there's still stuff under the bed. There's still stuff thrown in the closet. Window sills all crusty. There's dirt on the, on the to toilet floor. You ain't, everybody don't clean the same. There's clean. Some of y'all straighten vacuum and dust, and then some folks deep clean and disinfect. Where my disinfect for? Where my OCD people? <laughs> Where for? Like you could, if some people clean and you could eat off their floor. They don't want you on their floor messing up their floor. But you could eat off their floor. They really clean. They deep clean. You you're not gonna find the dirt in the crevices. You you're not gonna find the stuff in the corner. You're not gonna find the, the layers of dust that's still uh, on the chandeliers and stuff. There's folk that clean and then there's folk that deep clean. Everybody don't clean the clean the same so we can cleanse ourselves as much as we know how to cleanse ourselves but I gave it understood that God cleanses from a whole different perspective so if I want to be spiritual excellent Lord you search me and not for God to find something that he don't already know is there. We search for stuff because we don't know where it is. God, when God searches for stuff, in the actual Hebrew, it, it, it really means uh, it's more of an invitation 
that David is saying, God, take a tour of my heart. I invite you to come into my heart. Take a look around in there and take out anything that's offensive to you, God. One commentator said it like this. He said, David is giving God an open invitation to his heart so that he can merge God's heart to his heart. Know my heart for real, God. Because the heart is deceitful. It's, def desperately, different, uh, it's desperately wicked. Nobody really even knows their heart. That's why God have to search you because you didn't even know that stuff was in there. Y'all know how the kids do. They, you, they, they half clean. They don't even know that stuff. in Mama can't find my socks. That's because it's in the top drawer and it's all the way in the back. And stuff. You don't even know where your stuff is. Tell somebody you don't even know where your stuff is. God, get all up in your heart. He need to get in your heart because, baby, you don't, even know, you don't even know where your stuff is. Oh, I feel the anointing on that. I didn't say that this morning. You don't even know where your stuff is. You don't even know where you're tripping. You don't even know where you're messing up. You don't even know what's going on in your own heart. That's why you say, Lord, you search me because I don't even know where my real stuff is. Get all up in my thoughts and find all my offensive ways and get rid of them for me, God. That word offensive means, uh, you'll see it sometimes, sometimes translated wickedness, my wicked ways or my hurtful ways. It can also mean just pain in itself. God, find all my painful ways, stuff that just is a pain in your neck. And the, the things that offend you, God, it can also mean an idol, which is a pain to God. It, anything that you're bowing down to, that's not God. God, search me. Find every wicked, hurtful, painful, idolatrous, offensive way in me. Now, my brothers and sisters, don't be so arrogant to think that there's nothing wrong with you. Don't be so arrogant and cocky to think there's nothing wrong with you. Tell somebody there is something wrong with you. <laughs> There, there is something wrong with you. <laughs> now, now there, there's a right. There's a lot right about you. You are a wonderful person. There's a lot right about me. I'm a pretty good person, but I'm not arrogant to think that there's nothing wrong with me, that there's nothing wrong in me. I know I still have too much of that old sin me in there somewhere mixed up with the born again me, and I want to be spiritually excellent. So my prayer today is God, empty me. Empty me of me. Empty me of me. Because I want to be more of my born again self than I am of my firstborn self. So empty me of the old sin me. Because there's too much of the old me mixed up with the new me. The new me that I want to be now. So there's a song I'm going to play for you a little bit later. There's a song that says, empty me of the selfishness inside. Every vain ambition and the poison of my pride. And any foolish thing my heart holds to. 
Empty me of me so I can be filled with you. Empty me of the selfishness inside. Always focused on yourself, your needs, your stuff, your rights, me first attitude. What about me? It's time for me. I need my me time. It's all about me. That selfishness inside. But what is about what she said to me? You know how folk uh, tell you everything that they said that the other person said to them, but they don't tell you what you said first. Because it's not about how I acted, it's how they acted towards me. Every vain ambition. Vain ambition is the stuff you chase that's not God. Vain ambition is the stuff you want to achieve that's not God breathed. I just want it. I just want to do this. I just want to go there. I just want to be this. And God haven't breathed that. God hasn't authorized that. God haven't told you to do that. You just got vain ambition. It's the stuff you want that God didn't authorize. It's that stuff that you're chasing. Every vain ambition. I believe in ambition. I believe in wanting to be more. But it's about the motive of wanting to be more. I love it when people go back to school. But did you go back to school so you can avoid being in ministry for another four years and just tell everybody I can't do it because I'm in school? If it's a vain ambition, empty me. And the poison of my brother, empty me of the selfishness inside. Every vain ambition and the poison of my pride. I'm going to park at the poison of my pride. My church last night told me, don't park there, Pastor, don't park there. Pride is at the root of most of what needs to go in your life. If you dig deep enough, Brother Jackson, you're going to find pride. God hates pride because it played a part in Lucifer's sin. The way the devil got kicked out of heaven was pride. And then he brought that mess down here to Adam and Eve. And he go to Adam and Eve and said, y'all know if you take this fruit, you can be just like God. That's the only reason he don't want you to have it, because he don't want you to be like him. He appealed to their pride. God hates pride. Matter of fact, he says all this in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It made the big three. That covers about everything. You think everything's about the lust of your eyes, the lust of your flesh. He put right up in there pride. Hates pride. He said, I hate a proud life and hate a proud look. Not only pride in your, in, your, in your heart, but I even hate it on your face. What is that? The, the, the root of pride. Shyness has a root in pride. You ain't going to embarrass me. You're not getting me out there. I'm not talking to them people. Pride. Insecurity has a root in pride. 
I don't think I'm as good as these other people, so I'm not going to do it. Well, why do you need to be as good as them other people? Pride. Can't nobody tell you nothing. You know everything. You argue every point. If you read it in something, can't nobody tell you nothing else. My mama used to tell my daddy, if you're so smart, why you ain't rich? <laughs> Since you know everything, how come you're not healthier than you are? Since you know everything, <laughs> can't nobody tell you nothing. So you're argumentative. Every time they say something, you got something else to say. You got to say, you need to make your point. I just need to make my point. See, humble people don't have to argue. Oh, if that's the way you feel about it, all right. Cool. I understand you have your opinion. There's nothing wrong with your opinion. But argumentative people are caught up in pride. Uh-uh. I need to make my point. Well, why did you have to say that? Because I needed them to hear where I was coming from. Pride. Being offended. Everything offends you. They said that to me, and they looked that way about me. Pride. Unforgiveness. It's pride. How dare they do that to me? That was unforgivable. Who are you? Just this minute, 900,000 other people had the same thing done to them. How you, how you get so important that they couldn't do that to you? Pride. Comparing yourself to people. Well, they're this and I'm that, and they're this and I'm that, and whether you're looking up or whether you're looking down, uh, they're not this, you know, those ghetto people. <laughs> you two paychecks from ghetto yourself, but those ghetto, those ghetto people. <laughs> comparison or, or I can't I can't because I'm not as good comparison is pride needing your name called they called everybody but my name and so we don't see you in church for three months pride feeling overlooked that, that feeling they've overlooked me See, an humble person, when, when somebody else gets it, an humble person will say, I am so happy for my sister. I'm happy for my brother. I'm glad for, for God blessing them. But, but, but pride will say, how they, dare they overlook me. If you feel overlooked, that's pride. Wanting a title. Somebody got to call you something, it's pride. Buying stuff you can't afford so you can look like everybody else. You got to have that purse so you can go to the thing and have your purse like everybody else. And that purse costs more than 90% of your closet. <coughs> Pride. That condescending way you talk to people. Well, let me help you understand, baby. Pride.
bragging. I got this, man. I got this. My, you know, my shot is and my game is it. And, and pride. Needing to be the best. That defensiveness. Somebody say something to you and you fire right back is pride. Needing to be the best dressed in the in this church, best dressed on the job. They need people to say how cute you are today. And Lord, don't let them tell Nikki she's cute today because you are awfully cute today. Girl. And, and, and then it's like, well, I want something to look like that last week. Didn't nobody tell me I was cute? Pride. Needing to be right. What makes you think your opinion is always right? What makes you think because you think it anybody else that don't think what you think is automatically wrong? It's pride. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me. The poison of my pride. Pride is poisonous. All right. And any foolish thing my heart holds to. What foolish thing are you holding on to? Bitterness. Baby, that happened 15 years ago. That's a foolish thing that you're holding on to. Stubbornness. Quit being stubborn and just break down and do it. Why are you holding on to having to have it your way? Stubbornness is a foolish thing. Offense. You're holding on to offense. Somebody, some, somebody said to you three weeks ago, you're holding on to it. You still remember foolish things. The fear of rejection. I can't do that because they might reject me. Or having the wrong motives for doing what you're doing. Anger. You're still holding on to the anger. The divorce is over. They done married somebody else and you still angry. Holding on. What foolish thing. Are you holding on to? I like Ronnie. That's my eight-man section over there. <laughs> Lustful desires. Just lusting after stuff. Just lusting after people. And you holding on to it because you want it so bad. People-pleasing. You holding on to it. You're still trying to please everybody. You're still trying to get everybody's approval. You still need somebody to pat you on the back. And you're holding on to it. Unauthorized relationships. Foolish things. You're holding on to a relationship God never authorized. Foolish things. And here's one that busts me in my own chest. You're holding on to the freedom of an undisciplined life. That undisciplined life is killing you. It's tearing up all your money. It's eating up your money, and it's tearing up the, your, 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 your physical health. But you're holding on to it because you just like the freedom of being undisciplined. 
You like being able to go where you want to go, spend what you want to spend, eat what you want to eat, and sleep where you want to sleep. You don't like the confinement of the disciplined life. And so you're holding on to the freedom of an undisciplined life. That's foolish. And the need to have fun is one of my pet peeves. I went on a run this morning. I'm going to try to be better today. The need to have fun and be entertained all the time. You don't need to let that go. And let it go. You need to destroy it in your children. Parents, you are messing these kids up by teaching them they have to be entertained all the time. And that everything's supposed to be fun. They can't even sit in church without you putting an iPad in their face, a tablet, or they got your phone playing games in church because you have you are convincing them that everything's supposed to be fun and entertaining you all the time. So they grow up and they can't hold a job because a job ain't entertaining all the time. They can't finish school. They can't go to college. They can't do they, nothing. They can't clean a house because they got to be entertained all the time. So you got kids that want to smoke weed and play video games all day or be on social media all day because they've got in their mind that my life is supposed to be fun all the time. So they won't hold a job because it wasn't no fun. They want to go out. They want to have fun. They want to be entertained while the rest, while the other folk, and this is why it's my pet peeve, Toronto, because because I decided I, I wanted a life. And so there were some things I had to do that wasn't fun. So I go to school and I get a job and I stay on a job I didn't always like. Matter of fact, I stayed on some jobs that I absolutely hated. And I saved some money and I bought a house and I bought a car and I had a life. And then while you was out having fun, I was doing the hard stuff. And now you want to come live with me. So you can have some more fun while I pay the power bill and the house bill. And you up here watching TV. I told you I wasn't going to go there, but I done went there now. And then have the nerve, Victoria, to tell us that we're not good Christians because we don't let them stay. Ain't y'all Christians supposed to? But some of you are holding on to the need to have fun and be entertained all the time. I'm not saying don't have fun. I have fun and I have entertainment, but I understand I can't do it all the time. You're holding on to foolish things, not wanting to do anything that's too hard. School too hard. Work too hard. Ministry's too hard. What God is calling me to is too hard. I don't want to do nothing that's too hard. Let me mess with my folk over here. I'm retired and that's going to be too hard. 
God got this whole list. He's given you a whole nother 25 years to live, to do something for him for, for, 20, for the next 25 years of your life, and you don't want to do it because it's... Empty me of me. Well, how? The word of God. You're doing it right now. How you get rid of you is what you're doing right now. The word of God. You're getting the truth. Somebody got to tell you the truth because the heart is desperately wicked. And, and, and it, it don't, you don't know yourself. It's, de it's deceitful and desperately wicked. You, can't, you don't know where your own stuff is. So you have to hear the truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So then when you hear the truth, the Holy Spirit gets in that truth and you get a conviction of the Holy Holy Spirit. Some of y'all got it today. I got it looking at this. It's a gut punch. Something just punched you, but ain't nobody hitting you. Because the Holy Spirit, you've heard the truth, and the truth hit you in a place that now you're uncomfortable. Because once you know how you're going to act like you don't know. Once you hear how you're going to act like you didn't hear that. Once you see it, how you going to act like you didn't see it. And so now you're uncomfortable. And so little by little, so you have a change of heart. A change of mind and then a change of direction. So here's my spirit me, but I've been fooling with my sin me, and I heard the truth and it hit me and convicted me, and now my heart is beginning to change, and then my mind is beginning to change, and so now my direction begins to change. And I heard somebody say, You can't instantaneously change your destination but you can instantaneously change your direction so if spiritual excellence is way over there then I can't just change and be over there I still got to go on the journey but what I can do is once I'm convicted of the Holy Spirit I can instantaneously change my direction and at least be going in the right direction so as God begins to change one behavior after another one behavior after another begins to change why because I heard the truth I had the conviction of the spirit my heart and my mind begin to change and my direction begin to change and so now one behavior after another begins to change as you lose interest in one sin after another I lost interest in that now I'm losing interest in that and I lost interest in that. As you begin to change how you feel about one thing after another, as you begin to think differently about th one thing after another, as you begin to think differently about one person after another, now I see that one, and now I'm seeing that one, and now I'm seeing that. And as you get more and more bored with your sin, me, anybody been there? More bored with your send me, bored with your playmates. Like, I don't even know why I like these people. You get more and more bored with your playgrounds. I don't even know what I liked about the club and the bar and the lounge. As you get, as you get more and more bored with your play things, it's like I've been doing this for years now. Why? As you get bored with it, and then as you begin to go up, and then you begin to grow up, and then you begin to pray up, and you begin to wake up, you will begin to empty up 
of the old you. But as you empty of the old you, you have to replace it with the new you. As I begin to empty of the sin me, I will need to replace it with the spirit me. So empty me of me so that I can be filled with you. Fill me with you. That's our prayer today. That's where we're going to drop it today. Fill me with you. I need you to tell him right now. If I need you to lift your hands and say, God, fill me with you. I need you to empty me of me so that I can be filled with you. Empty me of me so I can be filled with you. Fill me with you, God. Fill me with you. Because you can't be spiritually excellent without being spirit-filled. You got to seek to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. How does that work, Pastor? It's like pouring pure water into a cup that's filled with another colored liquid. Y'all remember Kool-Aid? <laughs> hey, Kool-Aid. So you got a cup filled with Kool-Aid. Is holiness mixed with some stuff. And, and so you got pure water, and the more you pour pure water in it, you got to pour, though, until it overflows. You pour in the pure water until it overflows. And the more you pour the water in, the more the old liquid is being flushed out. And so it begins emptied out. And if you keep pouring, now you've filled your cup with something else. Now the colored water, now the Kool-Aid is nothing but water. But the only way to do that is not pour water in it, but keep on pouring until it continues to overflow. So Lord fill me with you the more you allow the spirit to pour in the more every offensive thing will just flush out so just stay in the word so just stay in prayer so just stay in worship just keep on coming to church invite God into your heart to search you and to change you and that part he will do he'll do it you don't know where your stuff is. Oh God, you do it. Because spiritual excellence is a process of becoming more like your reborn spirit and less like your firstborn self. And y'all, when we get to spiritual excellence, when God empties me of me, You'll be able to stand in confidence and say, if every church member was just like me, what a glorious church this church would be. We would stand together and the Holy Spirit would fall and God would get the glory. Yes, God would get it. Oh, so empty me. I'm going to play you all this song. Empty me. But the first thing we said we needed to be is born again. You must be born again. And it's easy to be born again. You just say, Jesus, I believe in you. And I accept you into my heart. You can pray that prayer right now. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. 
Change me. Search me. Forgive me. And I thank you for saving me. And if you believe that, if you really meant that in your heart, you've been born again. And you'll know that you've been born again. So then pray this prayer right now. And this is for everybody. Here we go. The rest of you just need to be filled and refilled with the Spirit so that God can do, can do this process in you. Fill me till I overflow. Fill me till I overflow. The cleansing comes in the overflow. So lift those hands and hear these words again. From the selfishness. Admit you got it, every vein and the poison of my pride and every foolish thing. Everything is less when I compare it to you. So I surrender. Uh, hallelujah. I surrender all, God. Empty me. Empty me. Pour your spirit into me. I want to be filled with you. I want to be filled with you. me if you're here in the audience and you say I know that word was for me I need to be more filled with the spirit I need I need some prayer I need help if I'm gonna get there I can't do this myself God I'm coming to this altar to say empty me I'm coming to this altar to say I need this word I need this word to be alive in me I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and I know I just need more of you, God. The altar is open for you now. Let us pray for you today. We're going to pray with you today. Some of you, God sent you here to hear this word because he wants you to have that excellence. Some of you have been saved a long time. You say, I, you know, I still got some stuff. God, I want prayer. I want to open my heart to say, search me. The altar is for people to meet God. So come on, let us pray for you.
come to the altar so you can say to God, God, empty me. Don't let your pride, the poison of your pride, sit you in those seats. I don't want nobody to know it's me. I don't want other people praying for me. I don't... When the woman that had an issue of blood, she used to have an issue of blood. What healed her was what Jesus had in his overflow. He never touched her. She just grabbed his clothes and there was enough healing in the overflow. When Peter walked by people and his shadow moved over them and they were healed, it was because Peter was walking in overflow. And the overflow of the Spirit would heal people just with his shadow. When they would pull cloths off of Paul and pull things off his body and give it to people and they would be healed, it's because what was in the cloth was not Paul, it was the overflow. And too many of you are trying to live right and trying to minister out of your flow and not out of your overflow. The problem is you have no overflow. You need to be filled with the Spirit, Tony, just to deal with you, just to deal with marriage, just to deal with kids, just to deal with finances. For minister, you got, you got to minister out of your overflow. To is you need an overflow. And so you don't have to leave here without the overflow. But you just got to keep pouring. You got to keep coming to church. You got to keep listening to the word. You got to keep worshiping. Not just till you feel better, but till you feel so much better that you got a little bit for somebody else until you begin to change. If you are not changing and if you are not growing, it's because you have not moved into overflow. And the overflow will take care of everything else. So somebody lift those hands and say that with us. Fill me up till I overflow.
fill me up. And I will make room for you. I will. I'm telling you, if you were just Let him fill you till you overflow. We're starting our leadership conference this week. That's what we're looking for God to do is to fill us up. Some of you, you got more running out than you got running in. And it's hard to get to overflow. And so we ask God to pour it in a little bit more. The only way to overflow is it's got to be coming in faster than it's going out. And some of you, when God begins to flush out some people and some things, you'll find that you won't have so much flowing out, going the wrong direction. You won't have as much draining in if you will plug up some of those holes. But I'm, I'm done messing with y'all today. It's the Holy Spirit is done. That's our service for today. Again, the leadership conference starts Thursday night. And on Thursday night, uh, we will be ordaining two of our ministers here, Minister Lavia and Minister Chantel. My husband will also be ordained, Minister Terry, will be ordained on Thursday night. Thursday night, 7 p.m. at our central campus. I need to see Aliante over there to support our ministers. They've worked so hard in this ministry and it's their time for elevation uh, and then you can register for the conference all pastors leaders um, directors um, ministers servant leaders all of you are mandatory to be there if you cannot be there you need to tell me why i'm holding you accountable to be there with me you've known for a year that this week was coming and so if there's a reason that you can't be there i need to know have some accountability uh, we thank God for our Just One event on yesterday. I'm giving you the Just One challenge. We, are t we will have a presentation. We'll try to have a presentation next week of what the one Just One challenge is um, to just get one. Heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. We just, if you can just get one person to, um, uh, to accept Jesus Christ, that's the challenge. Our challenge last year was to get 100 and we got 117, and so we went out. Our first event was on Saturday, and we trained, we prayed, and we went. And within the hour, uh, the numbers were up to about 14 of just going out into the community and asking people if they wanted to know Jesus. And so jump in on the next one. Just one train and go. So we'll have our next one um, uh, soon, and it's going to be just Alley Aliante is going to have their own uh, train and go event, train, pray and go event. Um, we do need you to do a couple of things. If you were not at our meeting, our vision meeting on Tuesday night, and you are a member of the church, you have joined the church, um, the one thing I need you to do, if you were not there, raise your hand, and we're going to give you a trustee board uh, vote. What I need you to do is just vote for six people, the current board members that, that, are, that are still willing to, sh to share next year, uh, to serve next year, Pastor Sharonda, Pastor Renee, 
uh, Pam Lake, Lambie, and David Foster. And then we have two, three new nominations, Ken Lambie, Isaiah Sweet, and Tiffany Washington. So you could vote, uh, just circle six names, circle six names. I'm automatically on the board. Y'all can't vote me out. <laughs> and so just vote for six names, fold it up, and give it back to, where's Renee? Uh, give it back to Pastor Renee, Superintendent. Give it back to Pastor Renee. That's the cute one with all the colorful old lace. She'll be, she'll be at, at the end to um, get there wearing them shoes, too. Um, also, if you want to know all of our numbers from last year, um, the report, the financial report, uh, and the, uh, the financial report and the ministry report and the vision of where we're going next year, you can also get that on a PowerPoint, what we handed out. You can get it. If you raise your hand now, she can give it to you now. But those who want to report on how the church did last year, uh, both financially and spiritually, uh, they handed those reports out as well. One more thing I need everybody to do, it doesn't matter how long you've been at the church, or maybe you're, you're a visitor, but you know you're going to stay here. You know we're your church. You just haven't been through growth track, but you know we're you, we your church. Um, we need you to fill out this um, directory information update. We are going to a different database, and so we need everybody in the database so no matter how long you've been here, everybody needs to fill out this form. And so you can pick these forms up. Where, Pastor Renee? You can pick on the way out. They can give you those forms too, but everybody needs that one. That wasn't, everybody needs that one. Uh, to, if you have not filled out that already. It's the beginning of the year, y'all. We got to take care of business. We got to get back online. So uh, put up with us for that. Um, your tax forms will be emailed to you, so you don't have to bombard the office. The tax forms will be emailed to you by January 31st. If you don't get your tax forms, um, which means your, your giving statements, your contribution statements, if you don't get it January 31st, then you can start calling the office saying, where's my stuff? Amen. Next, I think uh, Pastor Sharonda, where'd she go? Okay, Pastor Sharonda, I'm going to have you do the last two. Uh, I'm getting to be an old lady. I need to sit down. <laughs> um, do the Family and Friends Day and do uh, the offering, the second uh, the offering. God bless you. Amen. Let's thank God for our pastor, for our visitors. That is the doctor, Naida Parson. She is our senior pastor over here. Um, and she labors, y'all. She labors for this word for us. As she said, as she mentioned, she preached last night at one campus. This morning at 9 o'clock at the other campus. Again at 1230 over here. Uh, she called herself a G, y'all. She works hard for us. And so we thank God for our pastor <laughs> and the word that she brought for us on today. I want us to be reminded of that next Sunday, fifth Sunday, is Friends and Family Day. Oh, y'all ain't excited about that. What are the people that went out with us yesterday? We, we had a tight crew. That's what I'm talking about. We had a tight crew of eight, and we were the just one crew that went out and was introducing people, inviting people over here, trying to see if anybody needed to meet Jesus. We want y'all in on that. And so the only thing that we're asking you to do is to invite someone to church with you on next Sunday. We have a goal that we want to meet. Our pastor has challenged us at all campuses to um, have a consistent 
um, congregational number or membership number or visitor number on Sunday of 150 people. I don't know how many we got today, Brandon. How many people are here today? Do we know? 128, is that just adults or is that children too? That's everybody. Y'all, we almost made it. We just need a few more. So next Sunday, I will go. We didn't even, you know, try to invite extra people, I don't think. And so next Sunday, it's friends and family. Um, come bring your guests. And, and there's a $200 prize for the person who bring the most guests with them. And so we'll ask you at the end of service uh, who, who you with, who, who you came with, and then we'll give a prize for, the, for those people. Um, but it's not for us just to have bodies in here, y'all. We got to get this gospel to the people. And so whether they're young adults, whether they're kids or adults, bring them on this next Sunday. Um, the pastors are going to present to y'all, all, all of the pastors over here. We got five pastors now, and so we, we'll all talk to you all. Uh, on next Sunday, so so do be here for that. Um, the other thing I know, some people have asked us. I don't know if Pastor said this about their tax statements. Did she say anything about that? Okay, thank you, thank you for that. And so then that is it. If you did not have an opportunity to give, um, you still have an opportunity to do that. Um, you can give through our five ways. If you have a card. Um, and you want to swipe your card, Pastor Marias is over here in the back on this side if you want to give that way. Uh, we do have Cash App, New Antioch, New A Aliante, New A Aliante. There's two A's in there. Um, you can give a text give, 77977 to New Antioch, all one word. Or you can go to our website, newantioch-aliante.org. Hit the donate button. Follow the prompts all the way through, or we do have our basket at the door if you just want to put your envelope in there. I do believe that that is all that we have. Um, they are collecting your ballots. If you are a member and you have voted uh, for the Board of Trustees, hold that up so they can get that from you. Uh, please, we got a couple over here. And then also, please make sure that you fill out that form so that we can update our database, especially those of you who are new. We want to get you in on everything that we are doing. I do believe that that is all for today. Y'all, let's stand up and, and pray out on today. Thank you for being here um, on this Sunday. Father God, we say thank you, Lord. Thank you for this word on today. Thank you, oh God, that you allowed us to arrive in this place uh, on today. God, I said thank you, oh God, for the word that was received. We declare that it landed in good ground, oh God, and that it shall, oh God, bear fruit, oh God, that we are leveling up our spiritual excellence. God, we're growing up in you. And so we just say thank you, oh God. We said thank you, oh God, that we leave this place. We go out into this week looking for the just one, the one, oh God, that we need to tell about you, the one that needs to be introduced to you, God, no matter their age, put us on assignment so we get this done in you. And so we said, thank you now. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Before y'all move, pastor did the salvation call, and I don't know if anybody said that prayer with her, but I want you all to know that there were two young people that dedicated their lives to Christ today. We stop everything for that. We stop for that. Their lives will never be the same because they accepted Christ today. And so I just wanted y'all to celebrate that with me. Y'all have a grand Sunday. Amen.